0: This is HPR episode 1930 entitled, A System-D Primer. It is hosted by Clinton Roy and is about 9 minutes long. The summary is, an introduction to the modern Linux init system.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. We'll mm-hmm.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Clinton Roy. Recently, one of my work tasks has been converting our SysV init system to Systemd. I've come to really appreciate Systemd and gave a talk about it recently at my local user group, Humbug, based in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. The slides of this talk are linked from the show notes. Systemd is an init system for Linux services. When you boot a Linux system with Systemd installed, the first process will be Systemd all other processes will be spawned underneath this process. At a slightly higher level, Systemd is a dependency system for Unix services. For example, if you've got a server hosting a website, you need your database to be started and ready for queries before your web server is started. At a slightly higher level, Systemd is a suite of basic Unix services that make a Linux system usable. Services like Virtual Console Management. At an even higher level, Systemd is starting to implement more basic user-level services, like an NTP client, network management, timers, and container management. Other Unix and Unix-like systems have their own Init systems that can handle service dependencies. Solaris has the service management facility, Mac OS X has Launchd, and until recently, Ubuntu had Upstart. It's fair to say that Linux has been playing catch up in this area until Systemd came along. I'm now fairly comfortable in saying that Systemd is a fair bit ahead of the alternatives that other operating systems currently have. Speaking just about the Linux world now, Systemd is replacing SysV init which models a Linux system as a ladder. At each rung of the ladder, more services are started, and the result of the booting process is to climb to the top of the ladder. Each one of the services is started by a shell script which means that each server script can easily do anything it likes. But this also means that the init system is very constrained as it is no proper way of determining what each shell script is doing. Linux Standards Base, or LSB, added some dependency management on top of this system, but oddly enough Systemd is the first init system to properly implement LSB dependency management. Upstart is, at a distance, reasonably similar to Systemd but it still allows configuration to be done via scripting, and it still treats the system as a ladder. When talking about Systemd, it is possible to quickly overdo the terminology. The most important concept is that of the unit, which can be thought of as the atom of the System D world. The most common type of unit that we'll interact with is that of a service, like our database service or web server service but there are units that describe mount points, network sockets, timers, and system resources. A usable Linux system will have hundreds of units, all activated because a dependency requires that unit to be activated. In order to group these units together in logical ways, one type of unit is the target, which is really just a collection of units. Systemd targets are the equivalent of the rungs on the SysV init ladder. The typical target that a Linux desktop machine boots to will be the graphical target, which will start GDM or KDM or something similar. The graphical target will depend on the multi-user target, which will start all the services to allow virtual consoles and login sessions. The multi-user target in turn relies on the basic target, which makes sure all the file systems are mounted and checked. The basic target relies on the sysinit target, which does low-level things like mounting slash proc and starting new dev. From a design point of view, there are many advantages to systemd over sysv init. systemd uses plain text files to configure each unit and symlinks to place units in targets. systemd forces us to have explicit dependencies between our services so you can think of systemd like a make file and every time you're booting every dependency is being checked that it's up to date so the entire boot system is being checked every boot. Because the dependencies between units are explicit System D can start all units that don't have clashing dependencies in parallel, leading to very quick boot times. In these days where every computer has multiple cores, starting everything serially is a waste of resources and your time. By requiring all configuration to be done by configuration files and not shell code, all the concerns are properly separated. It's really easy to tell what units have certain configuration settings applied. It's clear that Systemd has been used in a wide variety of use cases. There are a ton of options for tweaking service unit startup. One of the interesting design decisions from Systemd is that every user that logs in gets their own Systemd service to manage their login session. From a sysadmin point of view there are a number of immediate advantages. If the sysadmin wishes to tweak the startup configuration of a particular service, instead of modifying the upstream configuration A shadow configuration file can be created. This shadow configuration file can inherit the upstream configuration file and add tweaks, or completely override it. Using this shadowing technique, it is trivial to ask systemd to watchdog certain services. That is, to get systemd to restart a service if it crashes. Once all the required changes are made, the administrator can use the systemd delta tool to quickly see what changes have been made from upstream. Systemd makes full use of Linux control groups, which gives the administrator full process and resource control. From a programming perspective, there are certain benefits. If a service is designed with Systemd in mind, it is possible to get Systemd to do a lot of error-prone work, particularly around binding to a privileged port, like a web server, and then changing the running user from root. It's easy to get Systemd to bind to the port, run our service as a non-root user, and pass the port along as a command line argument. It is also really easy to notify Systemd that your service has started and finished initialization, and also to add a heartbeat to your service, so that Systemd will restart it if it hangs. When it comes to provisioning virtual machines, Systemd has done a lot of base work for containers. It's almost trivial to turn a minimal setup, like the one you'd get from running the Bootstrap, into a fully formed container with Systemd in spawn. I particularly like that Systemd will mount all the dev, proc, and sys file systems for you. For users, the main advantage Systemd gives is the fast boot-up times. Once more services are designed with Systemd in mind, it'll be possible to start and stop more services on demand. For example, the printer service, Cupsd, under Systemd, will only be started once the user requests printing. Then, after a certain amount of time of not doing any printing, it can be turned off. As for disadvantages, the main one I come across is the fact that Systemd is still under heavy development, and long-term support releases necessarily have older, out-of-date versions of Systemd, and I'm missing features I really want to have. CentOS 7, for example, has around 200 patches on their chosen version of Systemd. In my experience, the Systemd journal is rather slow and buggy. It's very nice in theory, but not so good in practice. There is a convenience target for internet access being available, but as this is actually external to the system, this is not a solid target that can be relied on like other targets can be. System D uses DBus as its chosen form of inter-process communication. Unix is a graveyard of poor IPC mechanisms, and I don't think DBus is much better than what has gone before. The current moves to include DBus into the kernel probably mean we'll be stuck with it, however. Systemd does make me feel uncomfortable with some stances I've taken previously, such that all projects should be portable to different Unix systems. Systemd is heavily reliant on many Linux kernel features. There are some very nice Systemd features that are reliant on having snapshottable file systems, specifically ButterFS. One part of Systemd that I haven't played with much yet is Networkd, which brings the same clear configuration model to networking setup. I'm very much looking forward to it. In summary, the clear configuration model of System D is a big win for everyone, and I strongly encourage everyone to accept there will be a learning curve to anything new, but your servers will thank you for it.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday.